Well, hello there. Highfalutin Ski Bump Podcast, episode number 150. And yes, we are at the bottom of the ocean, which is why the music sounds so different today. No, no, don't worry. We're not at the bottom of the ocean. It is your pals, Mario and Brian. Mario, what's up? Uh, lots up. We're just, uh, lots going on with the bums here. We got, uh, I'm coming back from a big trip. You're going on a big trip and it's, uh, it's mayhem. We're uh, fitting this in just to keep everybody going. Yeah, I got a car service picking me up in less than eight hours. So I got to record this podcast, get it uploaded, finish packing, and try to get a little bit of sleep, even though I suck at sleeping on the day before I'm flying because I'm a terrible traveler and a terrible sleeper. And the two of them together just creates a freaking, just a mushy nacho top disaster. So... <laughs> <laughs> a great experience you're saying but you know what after the last couple episodes have been so good and so much fun and we got so much great feedback from so many people we could not deny you guys two and a half weeks of no podcast so we want to make sure we could crank this one out we got some some good some great topics but we're we're gonna kind of do a bit of an express version of the podcast this week so it's not going to have every single segment. It's going to be a little more stripped down. It's almost like an acoustic episode, if you will. It's so, like, yeah, the, the garage band version. Yeah, this is like uh, Ski Bums Unplugged. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so thank you so much for listening. And thank you everyone who's been writing to us on all the socials, asking for stickers. And um, we've been sending them out to a lot of people. So hopefully we'll start seeing the entire ski atmosphere not the right word, not the right word. The whole universe. Ski landscape, the universe, the landscape just covered and littered with our stickers and logos. So thank you. And you know, keep hitting us up. You can check us out, skibumpodcast.com. We're on all the socials, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at Ski Bump Podcast. We are on Pinterest as Highfalutins. We are on SoundCloud as Highfalutin dash Ski Bum. We are on YouTube. We got to step up our socials in a couple spots. We know it. We say it every week. It's probably a drinking game now. If you hear us say, you take a drink. That sounds <laughs> not updated, but you know, we're, uh, we're bootstrapping this whole operation ourselves and you know, we're getting, we're getting there every little step of the way. If you, are, if you are playing that drinking game, SoundCloud, SoundCloud, SoundCloud. That is right. Boom. That's three shots right there. And hopefully you were following us the last week because Mario, you had some pretty awesome shots of Sam Moritz, which we will talk about more later in the podcast. Yeah. Cool. So with that. Let's go to ski news. Ski news already? Ski news. So we're doing a breach of etiquette, bypassing what we normally do. Apre, Gondola, um, some of the other stuff. We're going right to the right to the meat and potatoes of this this bad boy. That's right. So, uh, first up, I guess I'll take this one, Brian. This is uh, want to give a shout out to our buddy Cameron Nas, who will be competing this weekend, um, end of this week in Fenway Park, Boston, for the Red Bull Crash Dice, um, which is the skate. What do they call it now? Skate cross competition? No cross downhill. Snow cross downhill. So uh, skate cross downhill, right? Ice cross downhill. <laughs> ice cross down. We're all over the place. We just, Ooh. we always know it affectionately as Red Bull crashed ice. Uh, if you haven't seen it, check it out. There's a link in the show notes. Um, in Boston, it's going to be set up in Fenway Park. They have the outline of the course, the, the 
hold, uh, you know, the, uh, what are the, the graphical representation of what it's going to look like. And it, it's, they're doing it in more of a stadium layout, which should be pretty cool to see. Uh, if you haven't caught, if you didn't catch the one in Japan or the one in, uh, where is the other one? Finland. Finland then this one will be great. I know the one, the first one we caught, I think that was Thanksgiving weekend, wasn't it? Uh, I think it was the weekend after that. I remember first, I was eating pancakes watching it. That's what I don't know. I think it was the first, <laughs> you know what? It might've been, or the first week in December. It could have been. Yeah. But anyway, it's pretty awesome. Cameron's been tearing it up and it looks very close in the point standing. Uh, he is in the lead with 3950 points. Scott Croxall, 3895. So they're very close. Um, and then below them, they have, you know, Mark Delago from Austria, Kyle Croxall from Canada, Maxwell Dunn from USA, and then Luca Delago from Austria. So there's two brothers in the top six, which is pretty, two sets of brothers in the top six, which is pretty neat. I think that's why kind of why I put that in there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm looking at it here and the Finland race, you know, Cameron, it's funny. He even said it after he won the, the Japan event. He's like, I hate that, that course. <laughs> and lo and behold, he got disqualified. Yeah. So it sucks, but he's still in first place right now. So he's just got to bring it, um, at the Fenway event and hopefully he can win another championship. We're pulling for him. We're going to be uh, sending him some love on the socials this week and hoping he does great. Still an outside chance to probably try to get up there and see something, some of the event, but um, that's TBD. We'll, we'll figure that out next week or end of this week. I will definitely not be there. And I'll yeah. talk about a little more later because I am going skiing. So <sighs> nice. Yeehaw. We'll talk about that later as well. Indeed. <laughs> anyway. Next up. Michaela Schifrin takes World Cup slalom for personal best 13th win. Boom. You really just cannot stop her. She is just a machine right now. She's a, a beast. She is a skiing machine. But she, he, uh, Michaela, she bested her mark of 12 victories in a single season this year and is now up to 13 wins. Uh, this, this race, where did this one take place? Was this one in, um, I think it was uh, Slovenia. Slovenia. I was watching this on vacation and being in Europe when a World Cup event is on TV, it's like the Super Bowl. So everybody was glued to the TV and I felt so proud as an American to see her just whooping ass at this event. Yeah, it was Amara Bor, Switzerland or uh, Slovenia. Sorry. Slovenia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But she didn't just win. She whooped a lot of ass in this. It was incredible. I don't know yeah. if they say it in here. Yeah, she won by three quarters of a second, which, you know, doesn't sound like a lot, but, you know, with how competitive and how great erasers all these these folks are, yeah, she uh, she handed it to them pretty good. Dude, it was crazy. Like, after the first one, she was, like, a half a second ahead. And I was like, none of the other breaks were, you know, all the other splits between everybody else was, like, you know, you know, point. 2.5 you know what i mean but this is this is freaking i mean she was you know, like a half a second what's so funny I'm, I'm looking at the article and it's talking about like all these critics are coming up against her and saying that her wins and records are making the sport boring <laughs> i'm sure it's all these just like douchebag europeans who are so pissed that their countrymen aren't winning 
Well, it's funny because like in the US, I'm sure people weren't glued to the TV like they were in Europe. I mean, Europe, they were glued. They had ski jumping on, which people were watching like you would have thought, you know, there was a, a big a UFC fight going on. And then they had this event going on during the day and people were sitting there at Opry just watching like glued to the TV. And I was like, I'm sitting there looking, I'm like, I don't know why you're watching me. Kayla's in the lead by like a lottery. It's yeah. crazy. It's a different, different vibe over there. I mean, that, that really is their most important sport. So yeah, you think about as Americans in the fall time, you know, you got college football Saturday, pro football Sunday. That's, that's them for skiing the whole winter. That's the yeah. way they all get excited about it and they check it out. And yeah, and it's, it's crazy. I remember when we were in Austria a couple of years ago, just watching on TV, the event and just the tens of thousands of people watching the race and you got to, it's infectious. You get really into it when you watching it with that many people. Yeah. Nuts. You won by three quarters of a second. That's an eternity. <laughs> so very cool. Kind of on another similar racing topic, but the opposite. Yeah. So Lindsey Vaughn, if uh, you've been in a in a bunker or you haven't been looking at the news, uh, you haven't heard this, but Lindsey Vaughn is set to retire. She's actually uh, retired by now, right, Brian? Um, after she did the well, she's. Um, this one's champions in Sweden. So this, that event where Michaela won, I believe. Oh no, no. In Sweden. So that's going to be, when is that taking place? So she's going to compete in the world championships in downhill and super G next week in RA Swiss, uh, Sweden. In There's Sweden. so many friggin' S countries. I'm, I'm, I'm seeing one country and I'm saying <laughs> another, the Sweden, Slovenia, Switzerland. Yeah, that's crazy. Sacagawea, they're all over the place. Sacagawea. So yeah, if anybody doesn't know, like there was a lot of more information that came out about her injury. She's basically going right now with bone on bone um, in the knee because the cartilage is gone. Um, you know, she's probably looking at like a knee replacement when this is all over so that she gets back to like a normal way of life. But she's a trooper and she's uh, going to stick it out for... Um, another event just to, uh, to finish off with one more, one more race. She loves doing it. And, uh, you know, it's going to be a, a tearful goodbye. I'm sure. Yeah. She's just, you know, she's gotten every ounce of, of possibility, potential hard work out of that body of hers. I mean, she really has just not given up and it just gets to a point where, you know, your body, your knees, your cartilage, your, everything just says, I, this is enough. Like I, I got nothing left. And unfortunately for Lindsay, you know, she was really trying to get the, the all time record for number of world cup wins with 86, but she, uh, she's come up a little bit short at 82, but still an unreal career, an absolute monster of a competitor. And, you know, she's definitely going to be missed. I mean, someone, you know, it, it's amazing. You look at her and a great career that she's had. And then you look at somebody like Michaela Schifrin. I think Schifrin's with uh, 20, 23, 24. Yeah. And she's just tearing it up. It's like the pace that Schifrin is on is just incredible. And the career that Vaughn has had is is amazing. So it's, it's just, it's great to see like two great athletes. And uh, hey, you know, America is producing some great world level, uh, women skiers. It's good to see. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like the old sports cliche, you know, one, one book or one chapter closes another one opens and that's exactly what's happening here. Mm. 
So Lindsay, thank you for all the, the wonderful dedication and, and, you know, exciting moments you've given to the sport. And I know we know you'll be super successful in whatever you venture out to do next. And now onto a more funny, but not funny <laughs> story, I guess, depending on your point of view. And we looked at this article, like I saw this last week and you know, we tend to joke about kind of the shishi fufu mountains. And one of those that we like to joke about is Deer Valley. And seeing this story, I was like, this is the most Deer Valley possible story ever. <laughs> and I'm sure a lot of people have seen this story already, but Gwyneth Paltrow is being sued for $3 million in wild ski and run lawsuit. Damn. So she is being sued by a man who claims that on a slope in Park City, Utah, in February of 2016, yes, three years ago, she carelessly ran him down and then skied away. Damn. Terry Sanderson, 72, is a retired optometrist who couldn't see her coming, obviously, <laughs> who filed a lawsuit for just over $3 million, alleging that Paltrow skied into him from behind, knocking him down landing on top of him and causing him to suffer a concussion, brain injury, and four broken ribs. And he what? broke his goggles. Damn, what the hell? Yeah, in a press conference on Tuesday, Sanderson and his lawyers, Lawrence D. Bueller and Robert B. Sykes, detailed their suit against Paltrow. They described her actions as the product of carelessness and cruelty. Sanderson claims that before the alleged collision, he heard this just hysterical screaming like like King Kong in the jungle or something. <laughs> what was that? That's a quote. Hyster hysterical screaming. I, I don't even know what to say about that. So, you know, all her money and all her time off, she's never learned how to ski really well? Or she just kind of... I would imagine... I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe she has taken an advanced lesson. Yeah, I don't know. I guess maybe she's not that great of a skier, but she skied, she skied right into him. That's pretty messed up. Yeah. yeah I guess she's learning, you know, happens, but. You know, it's funny when you go to Park City, you, you remember we were on those buses that kind of cruise you around the town and get you to different mountains. And there's all those, you know, like ambulance chaser lawyer signs. Yeah. <laughs> waiting, waiting for somebody to crash into somebody else. Yeah, it's like, come on, man, really? But why wait three years to to file suit? Yeah, is there some sort of evidence that he has, like video or something? I mean, has he been going back and forth and like the statute of limitations is running out to file a suit or something? Like, I don't, I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. 72, and four ribs. I mean, that's like getting thrown out of a freaking car. <laughs> the I mean, how hard did she hit him? I know. How fast could she have been going? Concussion, brain injury, and four broken ribs. I mean, <laughs> did Terry Tate whoop his ass or something <laughs> like that? <laughs> the suit against Paltrow claims that due to the alleged ski and run, Sanderson suffered physical and mental injuries, including pain, suffering, loss of enjoyment of life, emotional distress, and disfigurement. Disfigurement. As well as anxiety, depression, and other health problems. I want to know where the disfigurement is. Is it the ribs now don't look the same or his head's a little like not round anymore? What the hell? Cause it doesn't say anything about being, having his face raked across or anything like that. Yeah, seriously. 
Sanderson is prepared to address speculation about the claim. How could a ski accident cause such severe injuries, some of which his lawyers compared to shaken baby syndrome? <laughs> Jesus. I think velocity explains it, he said. A little, a little bitty bullet can make a big hole. Wow. Wow. These lawyers are the biggest pieces of shit, but also the people I would want if I ever got hit by a celebrity on a mountain. That's right. That's that's who you find. Write that write that name down. Yeah. Because right. you'll be skiing this week. You never know. Wow. <laughs> Disfigurement. Loss of what is it? Loss of uh enjoyment. Loss of enjoyment. Isn't that in the Cialis commercial? If you suffer from loss of enjoyment. Yeah, we're smiling, Bob. Remember that guy? That's right. That's the Enzite guy, right? The Yes, Enzite. Insight. I know because he there was that one where he had the big with the car, the stock car is like the big Enzite car across the side of it. Yeah. I think they and actually they do sponsor some cars. Do they? Yeah. Natural male enhancement and erectile support. And right. Natural male enhancement. So again, it makes you better at cutting wood, you know, at fixing your lawnmower. Male Aren't enhancement. You? Yeah, I bet you Seattle is on NASCAR too. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, here you go. Ranking on Bleacher Report, the 10 most embarrassing NASCAR sponsors in history. <laughs> so, uh, let's see. Let's see. Where's number nine, Cartoon Network? Number eight, Poison. Like the band? Uh, um, yeah, that's... Uh, there better not be Doge going on there. <laughs> the poison paint, paint scheme became the most egregious, they said. Uh, let's see. 1-800-CALL-ATT. Uh, okay. Affliction clothing. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Sephora. Ooh. Kim Kardashian fragrance. Ew. Uh, Redneckjunk.com. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, Number three, depend. Aww. <laughs> Aww. Uh, okay, here we go. This is a good one. Number two, Boudreau, Boudreaux's... Boudreaux's butt paste. That's what, butt paste. that's what we use for Benjamin when he's got like a uh, like diaper rash. He's He's got it, man. That was the number two. And number one is Viagra. Viagra. <laughs> so, so that Enzyme commercial was not far from it. Yeah. Man. Rising up to be number one. <laughs> Ew. Ew. All right. One more story in the ski news. I'm going to let you take this because this was near and dear to your heart when you saw this. Yeah. So, you know, we had our buddy Nick on a couple weeks ago and, you know, we tend to have a lot of the same sort of sense of humor around certain things. And he sent us this in a group chat and it said that people in Chicago are being robbed at gunpoint for <laughs> Canada goose jackets as the temperature plunges. This is nuts, man. Because again, we always talk about Whistler and the village and the Canada Goose Store and all these people aren't even skiing and they're just wearing their stupid jackets around. And now I see these jackets everywhere. I don't know if it's one of those uh, psychological conditions where when something is in your mind, it just it seems to propagate all over the place. But because of all the crazy cold recently, police have reported a rash of gunpoint robberies as thieves target those wearing Canada goose jackets. Man. In just over man. a week, authorities said at least six people reported being robbed of their coat at gunpoint. <sighs> Give me a goddamn jacket. Yeah. 
The video shows a 54-year-old man being punched and thrown around by two men as one of Damn. them rips the coat from the victim's body. Jeez. That's Arsh. horrible, man. Yeah. The Toronto-based company makes high-end winter coats that can cost upwards of $1,000. The jackets have been popularized by celebrities and social media influencers and are unique in many urban centers. You know, it's funny. Like, I remember when these first came out, I was like, man, they look ridiculous because they got, like, the hood with the big puffy crap around it. And they got the it huge... Always, it always says, like, Arctic Expedition or something. Like, yeah. Well, they have the big patch on it. Like, this yeah. giant patch. It's like... So maybe you should take the patch off your Canada, your Canada goose jacket. Well, that was another story that was about the same topic. They said that people were are starting to take their um, the logos. They're taking the logos off. Yeah, wow. so people don't jack them. You know, what you could put in its place is a uh, high flute and ski bum logo on there. Uh, a boom, yes. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully on it'll be up on the website next week or so. We got some patches available if anyone's interested in that. We're just starting to just put on everything. I've got it on like jackets on hats we're uh we're well, just put trying the, to put it everywhere put, put the stickers on my helmet my buddy harry had on his helmet he put on his board i put on my skis uh put on my backpack so it's everywhere patches everywhere yeah yeah you can definitely it would if you had a canada goose jacket it would look so much cooler but also probably get stolen more quickly if you had a highfalutin ski bums patch on there so it's true unless they're looking for you know canada goose then they, they wouldn't know you know what it is that we like we'll let you go by kind of thing maybe but they may say oh, that's even doper than canada goose yeah but they see our logo and they're like that that person's probably pretty badass i'm gonna leave him alone that is probably very accurate yes they'll probably whoop my ass uh, so you know if you too want to be badass you can check out all of our swag in the store at skibumpodcast.com slash shop so how cold did it get in chicago they're saying negative 40 i thought uh, it was colder with than the that wind right? chill, they were saying minus 50 something Damn. Yeah. Well, it said minus 40 Celsius in this article. Man, this if I for- Canadian article. If I forgot my jacket, I think I would jack somebody's jacket. What do you it's think? It's kind of a good move at that point. Yeah. Good move. Good Survivor, dick move. Right? It's a good dick move. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's funny crap, man. All right. So again, this isn't a breach of protocol, but we're rolling right into the main topic. Let's see. Oh, and I have the music playing. It's all ghetto style. You know what this is? Is my stupid iPhone that just disconnected. Oh boy. All right. Well, we don't have any music. We'll go. This is the main topic. So, all right. So we wanted to give everybody a little update on what's going on. Uh, I just came back from a big trip to Switzerland. Uh, Samaritz. It was a lot of fun. Um, so going to give you a quick recap on that. And then Brian, where are you going this week? So I am leaving in less than eight hours from wow. right now, going out to Vail and Beaver Creek, Colorado. Nice. Yeehaw. Pulled it together in the last two weeks. Um, super excited, but we'll talk sure. more about that next week. So Mario, let's, uh, let us hear a little bit about Sam Ritz. All right. So we'll give a summer recap this week and we'll go do a deeper dive maybe with our buddy Harry. So uh, went out there uh, with a group from Tampa Bay Ski Club and um, my buddy Harry met us uh, in New Jersey on the way. Now, big shit show with his uh, his getting on in Newark. They actually 
forgot to issue his ticket, the travel agent that they use. So they kind of fucked that up. He missed the plane, was waiting there, uh, had to catch the next plane three hours later. And it was just quite a debacle, but all said they got everything fixed and uh, he got out there, Um, stayed at Club Med and Club Med was pretty cool. I got to say it was, uh, especially for somewhere like Samaritz, it was very expensive. So for example, lunch on the mountain would have been about 30 bucks for just a, a meal and then drinks on top of that. So, um, and it would have been 30 Swiss francs, not dollars. Swiss francs is, it's close to the dollar right now, but think about it. You're paying like, let's say 35 bucks for lunch on the mountain, which was crazy. Um, you know, overall with the drink, it probably be like close to like 40, 45. Um, Club Men, the cool part about it is everything's included. And they do have the two mountains that are right near there. They have lunch spots on the mountain. So you just make a reservation and then you stop in there during your time and you uh, grab a snack or stop at any time. You grab a warmer, a little glue vine they had there. So it's pretty neat. Nice. Um, so they actually had spots on the mountain that were Club Med? They actually had their own little lodge on the mountain. So oh wow. It was very cool, very convenient. I gotta say it was a great concept. Uh found out that they just got bought by a Chinese company. Oh boy. So I guess this is part of maybe the new plan. I don't know if it just happened, but they they've been purchased, they were purchased by a Chinese company and uh they've bought out, I think they had 26 resorts in the Alps and or ski areas and they're adding more they said their plan is now i guess this is part of their new business plan they're going out and they're adding new resorts they're going to do like um i think they said one or two each year in winter and summer destinations Hmm. which is going to be interesting because they're looking at the u.s they're looking everywhere and for a lot of places it's it's really cool they actually there was somebody so a few people on the trip they went to chamonix last year um, through, through the club med, which I thought was pretty cool. So, uh, all inclusive, they have everything there, entertainment. It was almost like a cruise ship, you know, how they have like the little schedule of like dinner, entertainment, like all that stuff. So it was pretty cool, especially for a ski area because everything was included. Um, we still got out. My buddy Harry and I still got out. We wanted to see the city, um, for various reasons. I think a lot of people just stayed in the club med and I thought that was a little bit of a shame because I'm like, there's a whole city. That's why, like, if you don't give a visit the city, yeah, you get to ski the mountain, but you, you really, that's part of the experience, at least for experience, me. Experience, right? Yeah. Um, so city's very small. Um, Harry and I hit a bunch of places. We'll give some recommendations on that later on, you know, in another podcast. Um, there's some cool events around. We'll talk about that. And yeah, just the, the city was pretty cool. There's parts of the city that were cool uh, for seven days. Uh, there's not much after a while. It, it gets really small um, and not much of a, you know, the, the entire scene was very um, ritzy, uh, very expensive, uh, very chic, but not very much like we've seen in Europe with the opera scene and the party scene. So definitely a subdued more to put it to put it nicely um weather wise uh they had plenty of snow and they had uh we had one powder day the last day which it snowed about 16 or a little bit more inches and we got um a nice foot and a half 
of powder just like to ski on on that Friday. So Harry and I were the, were felt like the dumbest people in the world because we got to the uh, tram station early, night bright and early just to find out that they weren't opening for two hours. So uh, they had to open late because they got so much snow. Uh, so we kind of went back and then came back earlier and they actually opened up the, the tram a little bit early. So we caught that and uh, we got some nice powder skiing. It was good. So, uh, yeah, overall a good trip. Um, very tiring, had a 20 hour travel last night. So what happened is, um, we flew into Zurich, um, Samaritz is about three hours away from Zurich. So coming back yesterday, we had to wake up at like, uh, four in the morning so we can, uh, get on the bus and, you know, eat and get on the bus by five. And, um, it was a three hour trip to the airport, about a nine hour flight to Dulles, uh, three hour layover, and then another two and a half hour flight to Tampa. So, uh, overall the trip was good. You know, the travel went good. You know, the flights were good. We were flew United. Uh, everything went well with that. Not a problem at all. Uh, Zurich airport, you know, everything, everything went fine. You know, uh, it was just, just pretty tiring, you know? Uh, had a little problem with the altitude, not too bad. We were at about, I think, 7,000, 7,500 feet. Um, so that wasn't too bad. If, if, you know, you're used to high altitude, it's fine. I'm a flatlander. So, uh, <laughs> it bothered me a little, it wasn't too bad. And then skiing was, um, skiing wasn't too bad. I mean, we're, we're at, I think the max was 10,000 feet. So it's not like you're at 14 or 12, you know, like some of the places we've gone, but, uh, you know, it was good. We did, um, there's one, well, so our, our lift ticket, which was included with the whole package, we had six day lift included with the club Med package, uh, gave you access to three or four areas. And, um, one that we hit was called, um, heck was the name of it. It was, so there was a, the one main ski area, uh, then they had a second skier and then they had a, uh, glacier. So the glacier was really cool. And the, let's see, Corviglia was the name of the main ski area that we skied. Corviglia? Corviglia. Um, pretty good mountain. They had a uh, right side of it was, uh, pretty steep. A uh, lot of red and black runs, which are, uh, reds, the intermediate in Europe and black is of course expert. Um, and then the middle of the mountain was kind of where a lot of the lodges were. They kind of lined up and there was like a crossover to get to either side, uh, the tram, uh, they had trams that came, they had a train, that came from uh, the other side of Samaritz. So there's Samaritz Dorf, which I guess is the northern side. And there's Samaritz Bad, which is the southern side, which was what we are on. And, and I could be messing that up. Could be north and south, east and west. I don't know. But there's the Dorf and the Bad side. Bad is the bath side. So that's where we were. So from there, there was a tram. From the Dorf side, there was a train that went up, a uh, you know cog train. And then there was even, even another town called Celerina, I believe it was probably messing that up. Celerina, um, which there was a tram from, uh, a gondola from there that went up. Uh, so, you know, we kind of skied the whole mountain. Um, it was, it was big enough to explore for at least 
three days. Uh, and then we went back when we had the powder day cause we knew it pretty well and they had good terrain. Um, and then the one day we snuck on with the, um, all the, um, ski tours that were going out and took the bus over at, to this place called Dio Valeza. And that is the glacier. And what that is, I've never seen it before. It's pretty, pretty amazing. And it's still under development. So they have Dio Valeza is, is, is developed. Whereas next to them, they actually have like a, an area that's being more developed. They have basically only like two or three ski runs off of it. And I think they're going to be cutting more trails through it and add expanding to that, uh, very steep terrain. Uh, we didn't ski that one. I forgot the name of it. That was, uh, I don't know if that was Lavinio or Lugo, Lugo or forgot the name of it, but Dio Valeza was cool. Cause all they had, there was no, there were no chairs. It was just one tram that went up to the top, dropped everybody off, came back and kept doing that all day. So you took the tram all the way up and it took you way the hell up there to the top. And, um, it was probably about a 20 to 30 minute ski down. So, oh, wow. Nice. Yeah. That- so how do you compare St. Moritz like of, of the European places that you've been, what is this closest to? So it had a little bit of a vibe of Zermatt, but Zermatt totally blew it away because Zermatt's just huge. Then you can go into um, Servinia and, and ski that, which is on the Italian side. Um, and just Zermatt was huge in terms of the terrain, like the, the, you know, the amount of terrain to ski. Um, and then the, the town was probably about, I'd say five Zermatts. I mean, uh, Zermatt was about five Samaritzes put, put into there, you know? Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, such a quaint town, much better opera ski. I mean, there wasn't really a local opera ski scene with partying and dancing and, and stuff, uh, or even, not so much live music. There was a little bit, but um, it, like I said, it was very subdued. Maybe it was off season. I don't think it was, but um, all the other places in Europe that I've seen, they have a pretty strong opera vibe. Uh, we didn't see that. Um, and then, like I said, it was kind of, I understand why people stayed at the Club Med because everything was included and you're going to go back there anyway, drop your stuff off. Um and the side that we were on, there wasn't like a lot of local, like you couldn't just walk down the street and have a whole bunch of bars. So if you're on the Samaritz Dwarf side, you kind of had that, but then that it didn't have the same kind of vibe for our prey. So I was, I was pretty surprised, but it was all right. I mean, uh, it was better. Like we, we kind of went out and looked for some opera and they were like, you know, we're just going to go back to the hotel and the hotel was pretty good. Cause there were so many people like, you know, in the area. So it was actually good. Would you say it was a little more like conservative or, or like older crowd. Is that, would that be the kind uh, of vibe you'd say? Or I wouldn't even say older crowd. It was just, I guess there's a lot of wealth there. And I think a lot of people that go there and kind of hang out do so with other people that they just want to hang out with they're not going to look to go and you know what i mean like it's it's a little bit different you know um there are big events though so the one thing that was kind of kind of sucked that we missed so we just missed the day that we got in there they just ended the uh, ice polo so they have this big lake there 
in the middle of uh, San Moritz. And on that lake, they do everything. They have like um, skating going on all the time. And then they also play ice polo, which is a huge event. They set up these big tents and it's all very fancy. Um, and it's this whole season that goes through. Well, it ended the day we got there, uh, which was cool. And we saw a lot of people were leaving town. So I think the week we were there was a little bit off because polo just ended. And the day we left, they just started, um, they were going to start the uh, horse racing. So they actually do horse racing. It's like a mile and a half track they set up on this or a mile and a quarter track. That they set up on the ice and they have a whole season of racing there. It's pretty amazing. They race like thoroughbreds and trotters and all that stuff, I think. Oh, no kidding. So, and it's, it, this goes back. It's something that goes back way back, like to 18 something or whatever. I think I have a little flyer. Um, but it, that was a very big thing. You could tell there was people coming in and they set up this massive, uh, on the ice. We saw them building it. Like every day we'd see a little bit more built and they set up the whole, you know, the track, you know, with the railings, they set up, um, instead of a grandstand, they set up, you know, tents, I guess for, uh, you know, luxury tents, but pretty much if you're around the, um, the lake, you could see everything that's going on there. So it's, it's pretty neat. It's kind of open. Um, that would have been cool to see. Uh, so the bobsledding, the bobsledding is very interesting. It's like a 125 year old bobsled track that, um, is made of all ice. So it's an ice track and it's the only all ice track, I guess, in, uh, still in, in use today. And it's an active use. Cause we were there, they were having trials and a comp some kind of competition and trials and they do training there constantly. So pretty, that was pretty neat to see. Um, and, uh, you know, we got there and it runs from, it's funny. It runs from Samaritz down to Silarina. So ah, I'm butchering it all up, but, uh, that's the town next, uh, over. So it's a pretty long track. It goes for a few miles and, um, yeah, it was, it was pretty neat. We walked the track a little bit from the start, um, took some pictures, saw some stuff. It was, it was pretty cool to see. So overall it was a good, uh, good trip. I'd say for a week long, uh, it's good if you're doing mainly skiing, if you're looking for skiing and a lot of uh, nightlife and, and extra stuff outside of, let's say, something like a club med or your hotel, you'll probably uh, be a little bit disappointed and feel like you could have done everything in maybe like four days. Um, the good part of it, too, is there's that train that goes from Samaritz to Davos to Verbier to Zermatt. So theoretically... Um, I spoke to somebody on the airplane coming back and she was like, yeah, I took two weeks and I did Davos for two weeks. And then I spent uh, another week in Verbier and then I hit Zermatt up and I'm like, I guess you don't work or you're rich enough. You don't have to work, but. Uh, that sounds uh, like a fun problem to have. That's a fun problem. So I think that would be an epic trip. If you could do the the train and do a few ski destinations on there, that's pretty neat. Uh, there's a few people from our group that actually took a different train. Uh, that's like a fancier train. It's like pretty expensive too. It's like 200 bucks for like one ride, uh, you know, down and back, you know, all the way to like Zermatt and back, uh, where there was a, a bunch of people in the group. They went to, um, I forgot the name. I think it was, was it Toronto was, uh, in Italy. So they took a, a ride on the train on their off day to Italy, spent the day there and they came back. They said it was only like a two hour train ride, two and a half hours. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So there's a lot of little things around. Um, very cool stuff. There's a lot of backcountry. So if you plan it right, I would say bring your own gear and, and get a guide. Cause there's a lot of good stuff. Um, 
I did see a lot of Europeans that were doing backcountry on their own, but they, you know, I'm assuming that they've been there before and they know where the hell they're going. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of good backcountry to be had there. Cause they're, you know, outside of the resorts, there's a lot of other, you know, unmarked territory that's out there. So that was cool. Just the, uh, the avalanches are scary as hell. I mean, the last day that we were there with a foot and a half of fresh snow, uh, they didn't open up the whole right side of the mountain, which was a little steeper because they were, uh, blasting for avalanches. So. Wow. That's, that's always a concern. I mean, the Alps, they're having a lot of, I think the last few years they've had a lot of burials and major issues because of avalanche. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, overall a good trip. Uh, everything was safe. Nobody in the, you know, nobody really hurt themselves. Uh, the one thing with club med that I know, so the group that we went with, uh, they were all into, um, I guess the, the day you get there, you sign up for, um, lessons and the way it works is with club med, you get a, you get lessons free. So you get all day less, all day group lessons every day for five days that you're there out of seven. Um, so pretty much every, every day, except the last ski day and, uh, mo- almost everybody in the group, except for Harry and I did our own thing. You know, we did our own thing. They did the group lessons and they have all different levels. Uh, somebody saying, you know, with the advanced lesson, you know, the highest level lesson, they did a little backcountry. They did, uh, they said it was pretty good. Um, I think they, they work a little slower because there's more people, you know, you're skiing with about groups of like eight or nine. So it's a little bit slower moving around the mountain. So, um, I kind of wanted to do it one day, but then they were like, well, you got to see if there's space. And I was like, I don't want to deal with any of this. And I just kind of did my own thing. So (laughs) I think I was better off. I would have liked to see it. Um, but at our level, me and Harry, we were just like going crazy. Like we skied with everybody last day. And, um, you know, I, I realized that, that Harry and I kind of move through the mountain really quickly. Um, we don't really stop. We rest on the lifts. You know what I mean? Like we break for lunch for 20 minutes, maybe, um, mainly to drink and and then go back out on the mountain. Um, but you know, there's a good, there's a good range of skiers. There's some really good skiers and boarders. Um, a lot of people that were like intermediates. Um, and I, I think the, the deal with the lessons is fantastic for, if you go with somebody that's like learning, uh, and is not like expert or, you know, is expert and wants to kind of, you know, work in lessons. Uh, I think it's great because you get five, five days of a group lesson. I mean, that's incredible. You, you know, I mean, how much you- think what that would cost you if you were at, yeah, like a regular, you know, yeah. regular ski resort for what private lessons cost. Yeah, it's a fortune. It's crazy. So I think it's and great unlimited if you're, food. And unlimited food. Yep. Uh, so if you want to level up, I think this, that, that's a good thing to do. You know, look was, into that. Was booze included too? Yeah. Oh, wow. It wasn't top shelf, but it was uh, mixed drinks, um, beer, wine. Um, you know, what kind of beer did they have there? Uh, they had... Stiegel? Um, no, not the Stiegel is the local one to them. Um, it was crap. I've seen it before. I forgot the name of it. I didn't drink that much of it. I drank mainly mixed drinks. I was drinking a lot of, uh, wine, which they just had, you know, a red and a white regular table wine, uh, and then mixed drinks, you know, a lot of, uh, gin and tonics, um, you know, things like that. Any glue vine? Uh, oh, a lot of glue vine. So in the warming hut. So in the little hut for, for lunch, they have the front section where they had tables and they had glue vine and they had some snacks. Uh, so you could stop in there anytime, but if you wanted to sit down and eat, 
they had like half hour time slots where you'd have to get a ticket because they bring all the food up to the mountain. So they had a, you know, they want to know how many people are going to be there. Uh, and if it's not that crowded, like Harry and I figured out, there's only two of us. So we were talking to the guys like, Oh yeah, come on in. Like, you know, there's, there's room, but there were some, you know, blocks of time that were just going to be packed. And they're like, no, there's no seating or you have to wait for people to leave kind of, if you don't have a, a reservation. So, um, anybody could get one. So it wasn't like it was hard to get one. Like you, you'd be bumped out. You just have to make sure you go the night before and, and grab a ticket. So, and having that on the mountain was really cool. Cause it was kind of mid mountain and you just stop in there and grab something and, and then just go, you know, we would stop there just to warm up and grab some glue on and then, you know, 10 minutes and then go back out and ski. So that was kind of nice. Nice. Um, but yeah, how was the glue vine compared to the one that, that I had when we were up at Killington. So the glue line they had was pretty good. It wasn't like super sweet. Remember we had an Austria and I was like, oh, I don't like this. It, it's like the bottled one, super sweet. I think yeah. they made their own, Nice, you know? So it was very good. I had the Jaeger tea there too once and uh, it was very good too. It wasn't syrupy sweet. So it wasn't the bottled, uh, the bottled brand, you know, it was homemade. So... But, uh, yeah, a, a lot of the huts and a lot of the stuff were, you know, very picturesque place. Uh, beautiful. They say Samaritz is one of the places that gets a ton of sun. Uh, and we did see a ton of sun. We only saw a few days where, uh, there was, you know, whiteout conditions because of fog and stuff like that. So, uh, it was good. Everything was clean, well run. Um, they had a, a casino there, which is only a few blocks from our hotel, which, was super fancy and super ridiculous. They were doing, uh, I mean, Brian and I play a lot of blackjack and I, I looked first thing at the table. I was like, yeah, this is, this is a loaded table the way they deal. So is it like a casino Royale? Uh, yeah, it was that fancy. It was really, it was kind of cool. You definitely, definitely experience to go and see it, but it's tiny compared to what you're thinking. Like, oh, this is going to be a huge, you know, there's like only, you know, there's a few roulette wheels, one blackjack table, you know, it, it wasn't, it wasn't huge, but, uh, it, it was fancy. Um, getting into it was like a vault, like no hats, no jackets. Um, not allowed to use your cell phone. Like there was a lot of, you thought you were going into a prison or something like that. It was crazy. I like that. Some goddamn rules somewhere. Yeah. But the way they deal blackjack, such bullshit. So when they deal, the, the dealer only takes the, the show card, right? They don't take the whole card right away. So they wait and then everybody hits. And then at the end, the dealer takes their whole card. And if they have to hit, they hit on the next card. So it just throws off the rules. Like I got to go look at the Mensa book again, just to see the, uh, how much that fucks up the rules and puts it into their favor. Cause the chance of them breaking it, I think I believe is a lot lower on that. I think so. Yeah. That's bullshit. Yeah. So I was like, all right, this is, you know, it was definitely loaded rules, but Hey, you're in the mountains. If you want to throw some money, I mean, you know, we went to a place. So there's a, one of the hotels that's there is called bad roots palace. And, uh, I'll probably butcher in that name too. It's probably bath roots or pal, whatever, but it's uh bad roots palace, which is one of the fanciest hotels there, the original hotel where they started, enticing rich people to come up there and um we went there and beautiful place definitely upscale she she i mean you walk in there like this is like a, a movie set you know what i mean that's how it is all the time and you know harry and i go there we're like you know let's just get some i feel like having an old-fashioned i said i'll buy 
old fashioned would ever have one. I'm like, 30, I don't feel like enough. Let's walk around more, right? 30 francs each. I'm like, God oh, damn. Holy crap. So with the exchange you're talking about, American money, that's probably about 33 bucks American is what we paid for each. So that was a nice 60, $60, 60 franc bill. Had we gotten two, it would have been 120. So glad we didn't order a second round. Yikes. Uh, it was good. I gotta say, I think Better they were, be. I think they were Luxardo cherries, but I'm not sure. Oh, that's a, that makes a big difference. What's the, um, the, um, you wouldn't have a cherry in an old fashioned. You'd have it in a Manhattan. Oh, that's, uh, old fashioned. You, you have the, uh, the charred piece of orange rind. Yes. The charred orange. And what's the, uh, what's the, um, the bourbon I use. What's that faint? Like, you know, the recipe, they have that specific bourbon. For an um, old fashioned or a Manhattan? Oh, the old fashioned. I'm not sure. What's the one for the Manhattan? I think he used the same one. This is that recipe where it's like, but anyway, it was good. Um, very fancy, very nice. And I was like, all right, we're out of here. Um, there's a lot. There's another hotel that we went to, which, um, yeah, Kerbrigley was the one we went to. So the Clume Hotel. So that's the other one. So Bad Roots Palace was the, the really big one. The Kempinski is the one where the casino is in. And then the Clume Hotel, which we went to, um, gorgeous hotel. I tell you, it was beautiful. We uh, just walking in the lobby, like uh, I saw, I took a, some pictures and I'll, uh, I'll post them somewhere. I'll get them to everybody somehow. But um, beautifully go in. There's a nice sitting room. It's all like floral kind of stuff in there, you know, like painting. It's like all painting on the walls, but like floral. Beautiful couches and everything just in the lobby. And then they had their little bar, which was cool. And they had a Miles Davis smoking lounge which is pretty <laughs> neat. Nice. Uh, all wood. Like it was, it was beautiful. Um, definitely another place that had we sat down and gotten another uh, old fashioned, it probably would have been about 30 bucks. So <laughs> we decided to just look and leave. Nice. So for example, the Klum hotel in St. Moritz, I'm looking right now and they're saying it's about $1,010 a night. Yes. Um, Bad Roots Palace. Let's see, they probably don't have any openings right now because that's why they're not showing a price because the uh, the uh, the horse racing's going, and I'm sure there's a lot of people in town. But there's probably around the same. I mean, you're talking these places are grand a night. Um, the Kempinski's like five, six hundred night, so it, it can get very expensive. Looks pretty awesome though. Yeah, I'm looking at the picture right now too. That Kempinski. Yeah, the Kempinski is the hotel. The Klum Hotel you got to look at is, is freaking gorgeous. I mean, if I wanted to spend, you know, if I had the money, I'd almost think uh, the $1,010 a night is worth it because that place is beautiful. <laughs> and how would you say like the skiing rated compared to other places in Switzerland or in, uh, in Europe in general? In Europe in general, I'd say the skiing quality was, um, it was up there. It was all up par. Um, I would say it wasn't I'm trying to think of the best place. 
let's see, Cortina was really good, was really tough. Um, and I don't know, Val Torrens is really good too. I'd say this was about, this was probably about the middle, middle range, you know, out of all the places I've been, I'd say, um, I, I haven't been any, any place in Europe that's been in a low range, you know? So I'd say this is about the middle range. And then, you know, things like Cortina and Zermatt and, um, Val Torrens are probably in the top range, you know, mm -hmm. but where's the other place? Oh, Austria. Austria is in the top range too. I think that was pretty Ishkill oh, yeah. mm -hmm. was good. That was really good stuff. So, yeah, you know, in terms of towns, like I said, it's probably on the low end of, you know, it's on the high. It depends what you're looking for. Like if you're looking for a posh, quiet, uh, very fancy, maybe romantic setting, this is a place to go. Expect to pay a lot of money, but get pampered and, you know, quiet, romantic, clean, that kind of stuff. But if you're looking for a place that has a, a good European opera and maybe town with a lot of cool other cool activities to do, I'd say this is there's activities, but it's, um, it's small. Limited. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Limited. All right, cool. Oh. So we're going to have, uh, some links on the site talking about, yeah, with kind of Mario's notes and, and places he mentioned on here. And then, yeah, we'll probably talk about it more over the next few weeks and hopefully we can get our buddy Harry on and you guys can kind of have a little, a little banter about your experience. Yeah, I figured we won't uh, waste it. I know we want to get Harry on. We'll talk a little bit more about the skiing, uh, about some of the cool. We did find one cool place for Opre, and uh, I'll say I'll just say it was called La Gondola, <laughs> which was a very cool place. I, I sent pictures. It was uh, on Instagram, um, Instagram dot com slash Ski Bum Podcast. Yeah, it's very very picturesque, cool little place. Um, and it was a unique find. Let's put it that way. Very cool. So anything else you want to add or you want to wrap this bad boy up? I think we're good. I know you got to get to the airport. Wishing you a good, happy time. Want to see lots of pictures. Thank you so um, much. Yeah. We talked before you bring your avalanche gear so that you potentially may go do a little dabbling with Nick, who's a seasoned professional going, yeah. you know, doing backcountry. So that's good to have a personal guide. Yes, we'll see how things look. Right now, the conditions, it looks like we're not going to be getting too much snow, but things could change. So we're staying positive. Um, we're going to be skiing at Vale and Beaver Creek. And we're I've never skied either of them, so I'm excited for both. And, and the people at Vale did hook you up with uh, with some stuff, super, right? So good shout out to them. Yes, big shout out to, to Jesse at uh, Vale Resorts for the, the hookup. So thank you so much. And we're reaching out to you in the next few weeks. So it should be a good time. Yeah, we're uh, we're excited. Uh, can't wait to get out there. And I'm going to see my sister out there too because she's in Boulder. So nice. a, lot of, a lot of fun stuff is going to be happening this week. And, you know, it's it would get through together in the last two weeks. It just sort of worked out. So very cool very excited and you know again we'll be posting all kinds of of stuff instagram stories and pictures and twitter and facebook all that so check us out twitter.com slash ski bump podcast facebook.com slash ski bump podcast instagram.com slash ski bump podcast please go to the website ski podcast.com and check out all of our uh, past episodes if you could subscribe join our email list 
got so many ways you can be part of the podcast nation. So please do that. We're also on Pinterest as Highfalutins. We're on YouTube. Just search for us and SoundCloud at Highfalutin-SkiBum. So Mario, thank you again for the recap of St. Moritz. We, uh, we look forward to hearing more about it down the road. And thanks, man. Safe travels to you and the missus and Nick and say hi to your sister and Liz and everybody else, man. It's gonna, definitely. It's, you know, yeah, fun. Definitely. We'll do. And we, yeah, I'll check out, follow us and watch my trip and we will see you guys next week. Beware the Canadian goose. Stay hot. <laughs> <Putin>. Yeah. <laughs>